Hey, we are hitting the books with Resisting Happiness by Matthew Kelly. Why do we resist happiness? Let's find out. Hey, 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 we're hitting the books in this episode. All right, so I'm I'm going to precurse this with this might be my favorite read of the year so far. Yeah, so I just, I knew it was on my list of books to read. I've been wanting to read it. I was going to read it with my brother. And honestly, I was just like, I can't, I can't wait to read this book. I can't wait to do a podcast on this book. So I just went ahead and read it. And to be honest, like I, I am so happy I did this. This has been, like I said, so far, my favorite read of the year. Granted, we are um, still early in the year, but this one um, has just been so good and interesting and encouraging. And that's not to say what has been read hasn't been like there have been definitely um, a lot of encouraging self-help moments, but like this one was the one that I didn't feel like I didn't feel so discouraged while I read this one as well. And again, that's nothing against the other books, but a, a lot of them kind of dealt a lot with failure. And so it it was self-reflective in that way to kind of like emotionally trigger maybe moments where I failed or things that were coming up that I, that might make me nervous that I would fail. And maybe it's because I didn't have a lot going on at the moment that I was reading this one as well. But, to, I, you know, I'm taking nothing away from this book. Like I'm not taking any, I'm not, taking anything from this book and trying to make it seem like I just had the perfect conditions to read this book and that's why it was so good you know what no it's just a good book period resisting happiness a true story about why we sabotage ourselves feel overwhelmed set aside our dreams and lack the courage to simply be ourselves and how to start choosing happiness again so um I I liked reading this book because when I sat it out and my students saw it she said, why would anyone resist happiness? Exactly. That's a catchy title that a 12-year-old is asking this question. And that, from the jump, sets the tone right there. And I said, well, actually, this book is about why we do it. It's not saying they want to resist happiness. It's saying, how do we unknowingly resist happiness or knowingly? And so, um, to I, I really could honestly go on and on about this book, but... Um, I'm just going to take a few pages, a few pointers and go from there. So I love that at the end of every chapter, it had a key point um, from what you covered in an action step, which is awesome. So just pulling from chapter one, the key point was resistance stands between you and happiness. The action step was right down every time you encounter resistance for a week. So resistance, he pretty much used as, as anything that pretty much keeps you from really working towards what you should be working towards. It can look like procrastination. Um, it could be negative feelings or emotions. It could be pretty much the wall that you hit when it comes to doing what you need to do. So, um, I have so many highlights throughout this book, but I'm going to pull three of my like absolute favorite pages from this book and read it. So in this particular excerpt the title for this chapter was bored 
To say we are bored at any moment in our lives is a massive insult to God. But to say we are bored at at mass because he was or is Catholic takes the insult to a whole other level. Boredom is a manifestation of selfishness. It can only occur when we are overly focused on ourselves. It always means that we have set God and neighbor aside to focus exclusively on ourselves. And that is never a recipe for happiness. So, um, I always hate when I hear people say that they're bored. I'm literally like, there's so much in the world. How can you be bored? There's so many books in the world to read. There's so many things to do. What, what does being bored mean? That doesn't make any sense to me. And I hope that that quote challenges you or anyone, you know, who says, oh, I'm bored to really actually self-reflect on what that means now that to say you are bored to say that you essentially have nothing to look forward to, to say that there's really nothing new or fun or exciting or anything is almost like a slap in the face to God. Like it pretty much means that like he didn't create enough to keep you entertained or other people aren't enough to keep you entertained. And that puts the focus on you. Boredom is about, you and anytime that we are so self-focused and selfish it's like I said it's it's not a recipe for happiness it's a recipe for boredom (laughs) it's a recipe for um just nothing good really so um the next quote that I have let's see what the chapter was discussing in particular this chapter was is the first intervention. No, this chapter was let your light shine. Every person lets his or her light shine in different ways. Every person has a perfect mix of talents and abilities. The danger here is to fall into the trap of comparison. Comparisons are worthless in a world of individuals. Wow. And yes, you know, we just read Killing Comparison by Nona Jones. And this was just such a... a great follow-up like comparison is worthless in a world full of individuals like and as Nona said in her book what does it matter so yeah what like like what does it matter what everyone else is doing compared to what you are doing when you're two completely different individuals comparison has you forget that that you are unique and you're your own person and God uniquely crafted you with gifts and talents. So to compare yourself to what someone else does or says or to constantly compare yourself in an unhealthy way literally makes no sense because we are completely different people. And we totally forget that. And so I love, love, Love that quote, comparison in a world full of individuals is worthless. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Even if we all had the same gifts and talents, God made us so unique and different that we would give them all in a different way. Like that's how uniquely different God made us. That even if we did exactly the same thing, we would, or even if we had the same thing to give, we would give it in a different way because of how uniquely God made us. And the final quote that I have um, from this book is from the chapter blessed and grateful gratitude should always be our first response for all the blessings in our lives. Our second response should be to live a life worthy of the blessings we have received. 
without gratitude, what was extraordinary yesterday becomes ordinary today. Without gratitude, a sense of entitlement takes over and begins to rot our soul. Without gratitude, we get old and grumpy or even young and grumpy. Gratitude keeps us young. It anchors us to the present moment. It reminds us of what matters most and what matters least. And it fills us with the resolve to carry on the great mission God has entrusted to us. Gratitude keeps you young. Gratitude keeps you focused. Gratitude keeps what is extraordinary today, extraordinary tomorrow. Why do we resist happiness? We don't walk in gratitude. Why do we resist happiness? We're constantly comparing ourselves. Why do we resist happiness? We're saying we're bored and that's a selfish aspect of our lives. Why do we resist happiness? Resistance in a form of procrastination, in the form of boredom, in the form of, of, of lack of gratitude, in the form of not choosing happiness and joy when we can, in the form of choosing circumstances to determine whether or not we can be happy. Those are reasons we resist happiness. And so in summation, I'd say, man, what a great book. Even the outside quote was from Abraham Lincoln. Most people are usually about as happy as they make, the, make up their minds to be. And that is so true. It was good. I, I, the only thing I will say, I'm not Catholic. So a lot of the references were um, practices that Catholics have. And so where there was Catholic, essentially I inserted Christian because a lot of what he referenced referenced for Catholicism was just things you should do as a Christian, you know, like having a prayer time specific with God, like growing in the word of God and, you know, the Lord's supper and things like that. So yes, things that are things that have Catholic terms to them, um, but really are Christian things to do. And so that would, literally be the only thing that I would say about this book that if you're not a practicing Catholic then just insert Christian where he put it and yeah it it, it was just a good book it made me want to read more books by uh, Matthew Kelly and I could go on and on and I'm gonna stop right here and I'm going to end with the final key point and action step um, actually, no, the next to final key point in action step that he had in the book. Gratitude anchors us to the present moment, reminding us of what matters most and what matters least. That was a key point from that chapter in the action step, which is a great action step for every single day. Count your blessings. Make a list of 10 people, experiences, things, or blessings you are grateful for. I guarantee you, that it will be really, really difficult to resist happiness. It'll be really, really difficult to mope around. It'll be really, really difficult to be sad all the time if we simply paused every day to just count the blessings all around us. And the beauty in this is that once you start, that list just keeps going and going, and going, and going. And that's the point. 
Have a great day. Don't resist happiness today. Choose joy. Choose Jesus today. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And see God's faithfulness in all of them. Bye, y'all.